welcome. You've got mail. Hey there, welcome to another edition of TechStream. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. My name is Seth Everett. He is Shelly Palmer, the professor of advanced media in residence at my alma mater, the Newhouse School at Syracuse University. Shelly, good morning. It is morning, a Seth. wild time in our world and mm -hmm. the tech world as well. I do have a story to tell you about our reliance on these devices, but we'll get to that after we address the horrific news coming out of Ukraine. Uh, I don't know about you. Uh, I'm one of those people that's not avoiding. I'm watching, I'm watching news, I'm watching social media, I'm watching internet news, I'm seeing everything. I see all the memes, the gifts, the, the stuff. You know, I'm, what, what I've been loving is that it feels like this country, the United States, is unifying in our being against what Russia is doing. And the toxicity seems to have simmered down, at least from a domestic standpoint. That's been my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I think, look, everybody can sympathize with the Ukrainian people. You know, you imagine we live in New York City. Could you imagine them rolling tanks down Fifth Avenue and what right. you would do? I mean, this isn't some third world or emerging environment. This isn't a, a country of wilderness. They're invading a fully populated, extraordinarily productive advanced or, uh, society with you know people who are just exactly like us who are yeah. minding their own business, trying to just, you know, raise their families and go to school. The thing that was most striking to me was some of the stories I saw on YouTube where you're looking at 18 and 19 year old kids getting together to make Molotov cocktails. And oh, yeah. the week before one young lady was planning uh, her spring vacation trip with her friends. And now they're sitting there saying, we're not going anywhere. We're going to resist the Russians. And listening to that resolve and the heartbreak of, you know, one week you're carrying a, lac a lacrosse stick, the next week you're carrying an AK-47. Uh, look, it happens all the time. We Great. send our young off to war, but we generally don't have the war come to them. These young people, obviously everyone in the Ukraine, they don't have a choice. The Russians have, have invaded. Why? Now, that's up for debate. How's it going to end? Also up for debate, but uh, no, and that's not what people come to this podcast for. I mean, no, no, we're not. We're not going to solve world politics. What no, I no. what I was amazed by is something that went viral. Uh, a civilian found a landmine that had been placed on a street, and while everyone's running for the hills, this guy smoking a cigarette, mind, mind you, it just goes up, picks the thing up and brings it to the lake that's nearby, like away from the residences. I, the bravery on this guy. I, yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't stop looking. Um, this other lady that was giving a Russian sh soldier sunflower seeds, which is the official, the sunflower is the official plant of Ukraine, mm -hmm. uh, and says, uh, put these in your pocket so something will grow when you're dead. Wow. Okay. <laughs> civilian. A civilian. Like yeah. these people are this uprising it is just been amazing. They are not backing down. And then, of course, President Zelensky 
who is a stand-up comedian and was on Dancing with the Stars, ver- Ukrainian version. Mm-hmm. He comes out, and when they offered him safe passage to another country, he said, I don't need a, a, a plane. I need ammunition. I'm yeah. staying. And yeah. good for him. Look, the long and short of it is, and we're not political pundits, we're just no. human beings, but the Russians are a conscripted army of what you and I would call professional soldiers or soldiers who have been enlisted or conscripted into an army. The Ukrainians are fighting for everything they've ever built and their lives. Who's going to fight harder? It's that simple. Yep. So we have to do everything we can to stop this in every way. And I hope it doesn't escalate. Um, one of the nice things that uh, has happened in the United States in the last couple of days is as the Russians have twice now escalated their defenses, including the nuclear defenses, yeah. the United States hasn't responded. So they haven't, you know, started to play the escalation game. And let's hope that stays that way. I know that, that you know, better minds than ours from a military perspective and a geopolitical perspective are on the case. Um, but, you know, there's some interesting stuff that went down, Seth, the other day, and that's very tech stream oriented. Google shut down the uh, traffic information worldwide for Google Maps and not the turn by turn instruction stuff that's still functioning, but the API that lets you know um, the, the bulk of the traffic information and if you want to use it industrially and what that did was it's going to prevent the OSINT community and actually the military's uh, community as well from using Google map data. What did it do? So um, the night of the Russian assault, when it started, there was a, an OSINT expert, uh, open source intelligence expert, who was looking at Google map data that had some satellite images. They understood the Russian formations at, you know, at the border of Ukraine. 3.15 in the morning, he tweets, okay, they're on the move. There's a traffic jam. Now, it wasn't that the soldiers had their phones on them and open because that would be like a crazy breach of military protocol. But the civilians right. who are caught in the traffic jam were caught yeah. in a traffic jam. You know, yeah. Right? So it's like, that's yeah. an amazing use of you know, ordinary data. Here's the thing. That data that they have to shut down, how do you shut it down for the bad guys and not for everyone? And the answer is you don't right? You have to shut it down for everyone. So how many of the automatic um, systems, how many of the statistical machine learning systems, how many of the AI models use that data in trading our 401ks and our stock portfolios and the index funds? Like how much do you look at parking lot density, at traffic data? Wow, Walmart parking lots are crowded today. Look at Google, look at the satellite images, look at the traffic um, in and around the four stoplights that get into the Walmart parking lot. Something's going on and this is happening nationwide or worldwide. Something must be going on at Walmart. I wonder if their stock's gonna go up. Like that kind of use of data, which nobody thinks about because it's such incremental data. Well, every ounce, every single bit of data that the financial markets can get, they use for algo trading in every way. So from, from, from your stock portfolio to feet on the street, keeping people safe in Ukraine, it's the same data set. What are the ripple effects? You know, that classic, your butterfly flaps its wings in, in uh, Asia and there's a hurricane blank. Right, um, right. You know, what, what is the ramification, the following ramification in an incredibly complex world of taking a data source like that offline? And by the way, Google's not the only data source. So will all the other location-based, remember Foursquare? <laughs> They're still in business selling location data. Like oh, so many organizations sell this location data. Are they all going to stop today in order to protect 
uh, part of, you know, to protect the military uh, operations in Ukraine or the civilians in Ukraine? Or is there is there misinformation? Do you fake traffic jams in other places? Like how, what kind of, of crazy uh, prestidigitation can you do with data sets like this? This is a kind of cyber warfare most people don't think about, right? We think about cyber warfare, Seth, as, you know, hackers get in there and yeah. command and control gets interrupted. And, you know, it's all that movie stuff you see in the movies, right? Well, they're going to control the world. No, they have a, you know, virus that's going to get injected into the, but there are no systems like that, right? I mean, not that, that not that you and I would ever be impacted by, but where we are impacted. Okay, I'm going to reroute traffic to cause some kind of jam. I'm going, like, imagine if someone actually infiltrated or worse, go down the list of all the data sources, all the, the information there is about us and how you could misuse it and or collect it into ways or manipulate it in ways that would cause an intelligence or military planning and operations group or average resistance citizens, right? The Ukraine, you've got average people making Molotov cocktails and now they're gonna go out and they're gonna try and disrupt um, the Russian attack. So what information are they using to figure out? Is it just text messages? Is it small groups? Is it discord channels? Is it WhatsApp groups? What is it they're using to, to organize and coordinate in a very fluid way so that they can adapt? Remember the Russians, they have to say, okay, they have column. Let's put a column of, of, of ordinance and let's send it down this road. The resistance just needs to know that's happening right there. Then they can just go hit it and then move on. They don't have complex long-term plans. They have very ephemeral plans. Wow, this whole thing, the more you think about it, the more your head hurts. This is incredibly complex in, in modern times when everyone's holding a cell phone. Can you trust the data in that smartphone? Can you? And if you do, can, can you fight against it? If you're the Russians, do you have that? I mean, that was going on in Afghanistan for years, right? The right. Taliban had, had basically smartphones. Yep. And we had the most trained best communication in the world with the most trained armed forces. But this, this group of people with smartphones could get after them and make them sad constantly because they were able to create these incredibly fluid, incredibly dynamic, incredibly real-time uh, counterattacks. Let us hope the Ukrainians have a, figured out a way to, to defend themselves. And let's hope totally. that the world gets a, finds a solution to this. And like I said, we'll leave this for someone else. But from a Textrian perspective, this data story um, couldn't you couldn't escape it. it it's it's fascinating to me but my heart goes out to the I mean, people are dying for absolutely no reason no today reason. and it's just it's it's heartbreaking in every way um you know it i don't know how you feel about this not you personally but you who are listening but anything we can do to just get them to talk as opposed to shoot that would be better yeah <laughs> no, no, no secret there um to a much lighter note um sure. Let's go to some first world problems, but they're scary problems. Uh, I recently came home uh, from Florida. I was with my family, uh, spring, you know, not spring break, I guess, spring. President's week, sprung, yeah. You know, President's yeah. week, whatever it is. Kids were off from school. We go down mm -hmm. to Florida. Now, in my world, I have built this Uber computer. This is kind of how we came up with the idea to start this podcast was I was doing this massive upgrade during the pandemic. And, you know, this thing is, you know, I, I, I can I can see NASA, you know, from, from this <laughs> from this screen um, and it's and it's there. What I have gotten rid of is uh, mobile devices. I have an iPhone. I have a good iPhone, but I have a, an iPhone. That's it. That's my only form 
I don't have a laptop. I don't have a iPad. I just have an iPhone. And we were staying at my mother-in-law's house. She doesn't listen to this podcast and I'm not ripping her because she knows she's as mad about it as anybody with really, really uh, poor internet access. And it's, mm-hmm. it, it's not a, a cost thing. They can't get better internet access. So it mm-hmm. referenced something that I thought of. My phone tried to do an auto update overnight <laughs> and lost internet access and crashed and became like the Apple logo showed for four hours. Right. Now, you say to yourself, okay, you know, har har, like what, what can you do? I had to go to uh, Verizon. They couldn't help me. I was going to upgrade my phone. That was what I was planning on doing because I was going to do that. You know, I'm eligible for an upgrade. I was going to upgrade my phone. I couldn't get an Uber. I couldn't call my family. I couldn't get, I didn't know anybody's phone numbers. I couldn't get to, I couldn't check my email because I had two uh, security authentication I couldn't get, so I couldn't log on to my Gmail to, I had a, a business meeting that I, I missed. We are too dependent, Shelly, on these devices. And the argument that, you know, and look, the, the bottom line is they, <laughs> Verizon, you know, they don't carry iPhone 13 Pros in the Verizon store. So I couldn't upgrade there. I had to go to an Apple store. How do I get from the Verizon to Apple? It's six miles away. I can't get a cab. I, it, was, it was absolutely wild how dependent. And I'm not a person who's on my cell phone all day. You and I talk about, like, we, we, we kind of limit the amount of connectivity we have with these mobile devices. I know how to put it down. But without it, holy moly, I couldn't do anything. I had $30. That was it. Yeah. Well, you just got an up-close personal view of what a real cyber attack would cause. Right. What a real cyber attack would cause. And when we think about command and control, we often think about, you know, communications being key. And smartphones are reliant on the network being up and available. Now, the other thing you just noticed in a a lighter way, but as equally important to me, maybe more important, is the techno divide, the digital divide. Right. If, if you well, we've lit, talked about this. Yeah. yeah, but you just experienced it flat out. You didn't have the appropriate connectivity, which is what started the cascading set of problems yep. you had. What is the baseline that someone in 2022 should be eligible for or entitled to? Entitled is a weird word because people get all crazy about governments entitling things. Are we entitled to paved roads? Are we entitled to running water? Are we entitled to electricity? Now, entitled is a funny word there because we have power companies. You have to buy your power. We pay taxes for the roads. We pay taxes for schools. We pay taxes for the fire department. Even when there's a volunteer fire department, there's some part of this that the town is responsible for. Uh, we pay for the police force. What is the level of internet access that we should all expect as citizens of the most powerful nation on earth? It's an interesting question and everyone's got a different answer. Unfortunately, it instantly becomes politicized 
the reductionist part of this is, well, you know, everybody can work. And if you can't afford it, you shouldn't have it. Well, okay. But there are places in America where whether you can afford it or not, you can't get it. One of the most interesting things in Ukraine was that Elon Musk turned on Starlink to the best of his ability. And the first thing I thought is all of those satellites are in low earth orbit. Those are targetable by, by Russian forces. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can put, you can, take those out if if you are a superpower and so will they that's interesting and well, just go just using the finances like let, let's take that your your comment on finances these folks are not the people i was staying with they're not hurting for money okay that no. money's not the issue no you they can't live get... on the beach and there's this metal beams that they put into the walls because they're trying to make it uh strong for hurricane you know protection Right. And so the structure doesn't allow from room to room for the Wi-Fi to go through. Yeah. You need a ra- you need a Wi-Fi extender in literally every room. Yes, you do. And in fact, we we had a client that was doing wireless connectivity in prisons and the cost became really difficult for them. They were downloading everything to the individual devices and not allowing the inmates necessarily to have connectivity in their cells then they realized that they they couldn't keep the devices properly updated and properly charged. And so they then they did the, the dollar uh, calculations on putting a Wi-Fi uh, endpoint in every cell because every one of those mesh doors, they create what's known as a Faraday shield. And, and you know, you can, you know, you, when you see the mad scientist in the movies and the mad scientist is inside of a, a cage that like look, looks like it's uh, covered with chicken wire. Well, that's that is a shield against electromagnetic radiation right. going in each direction, right? So, uh, sure, your house down in Florida, the house you're in, is, may very naturally have between the mesh they have underneath the plaster and the steel beams themselves for reinforcement may create a very, very effective shield against your smartphone uh, working with uh, either with any Crazy. wireless technology. So, look, the but the harder part is that in some places in the United States, because of where they're located, they simply don't have connectivity. And so- right, but there's we, all different reasons. That's my point. It's, yeah. it, it, yes, but there's millions of reasons and it's not just affluent area, areas versus poorer areas. That's no, no. not the issue. No, it there could are be a parts lot. of this country that can't get connectivity. That's right, not, not in any reasonable way. And so they're oddly enough, less reliant on technology than you are. So you who are used to being- uh, data rich, if I can use that. Yeah, yeah. You're used to being data rich. When you be instantly become data broke, you don't know how to function. And so your 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 idea that you're too dependent. No, you're just dependent. You're not too dependent. You are dependent. You have outsourced your your contact list to your phone. You've outsourced your direction finding to your phone. You don't have a paper map anywhere. You've outsourced your wallet to your internal wallet yep. of your of your device. You've outsourced your travel capabilities. You know, you press the button, you're getting an Uber. That's how you get from here to there. You don't have a car, you get from here to yep. there. And there's no payphone on the wall because those are no longer meaningful. So no one uses them and they're very hard to find, rare as hen's teeth. And in right. fact, most phone companies have either a plan for or, ha- or have already gotten rid of their 3G networks. They're now all 4G and 5G. So even old devices are no longer functional. So we're in a very interesting transitional stage where I believe we're not only super vulnerable, we've set ourselves up 
to be kicked back into a very primitive way of doing business. So let's pretend for a minute that it wasn't just you, Seth. Let's pretend that it was everyone in the community for call it 25 square miles that was put back to 1985 without any of the tools you had available like to 1985. show revolution? Sort Remember of, yeah. yeah. But a map, you're like, okay, I need a map, but there isn't a printed map anywhere. Right. All right, do I have to make one? I, I, I need a phone, but there aren't any phones anywhere except for you know, a few landlines and a few houses and a few businesses left. I've got to go get online to get on the landline. Like what? It's almost like gas rationing in the 70s. Like nobody thinks about the lines that my parents were. Actually, I was on when I was a teenager in seven. Well, no, I was not old enough to drive. I was just sitting in the car. Um, <laughs> but I remember if you had an even license plate or an odd license plate, yep. it was Mondays or Tuesdays or Wednesday, like you were odd days I of the remember. week. And I remember, I was and you could only, and, kid, but yeah, I remember. and you could only buy, I think, like $10 a gas, which at two bucks a gallon got you about, you know, five gallons ish, more or less. Um, and gas had been 60 cents beforehand and it was a buck 70, and no one, no one knew what to do with themselves. No one knew it at all. And I'm wondering, you know, how much of this, how much of this needs to be thought through? I'm remembering now to 9-11, a very horrifying day in everyone's life and terrifying for me and my wife. Our kids were uptown at school. We were in Manhattan. We we're just about 25 blocks in the World Trade Center. We, we saw the smoke. We, we knew what was happening from television, more or less. Our kids were up on 90th Street. We're in 30th Street, and we're trying to figure out what to do. My daughter's uh, was at her job. She was working in New Jersey at the time. The um, my two sons are up at school, and and the after nine eleven, everybody I know got these like survival kits hooked up, those mylar emergency blankets, a couple days water, like batteries, flat like stuff you'd need, and everybody packed a get out of town bag, right now, like get out of town. Now, you couldn't get in and out of New York for about a week Yep. at that point. I was in Brooklyn. Yep. And a few years before that, we had a pretty bad blackout. And a few years after that, we had a pretty bad blackout. And a lot of people, then the hurricane caused that incredible flooding in, in Manhattan. And, you know, we we're everything below 39th Street was dark for a week. When these kind of, I'm going to call them black swan events, that's not a great way to describe them. I mean, they're just random events that, that you don't expect and they happen. Um, we probably should expect them, which is the point I'm trying to make. What level of preparedness, Seth, would you think you should have for a, my smartphone isn't working, my internet access is not available, and I am, should you have phone numbers written down? Should you have maps? Should you have your business correspondence in some local form that's not in the clouds because you can't get to the cloud? So if your email's in the cloud, you're, you're either in Dropbox or Google Drive or OneDrive or, or uh, iCloud, and you can't get to it. We're not talking about your photos. We're talking about like your business correspondence. You can't get to your bank online. What would you do if your bills were due and they weren't on auto pay? Right. I mean, there's, there's you could down it goes the list. further and further. Like I said, it, the whole thing was three and a half hours, but the whole time, all I'm thinking about is when am I recording the next episode of Text Dream? That's <laughs> all I was thinking about. 
I don't have a good like, answer for this, by the way, because like the Doomsday Preppers, I wrote I wrote an article called Doomsday Preppers at ShellyFarmer.com years ago, and it talks about the data. And then I wrote about data doomsday because this is not a new concept in any way. No, what no, makes this, your, but your experience and the experience of the people feet on the street around the world right now, especially those who are involved in the in the war the uh, in the Ukraine, data is playing a giant role and access to data is playing a giant role. And now is as good a time as any for everyone listening to think for a minute personalize it like just personalize it what would you do if i took away your smartphone today or worse i it was mostly not working and what the right. mostly not working part was the connectivity and then we talk about misinformation all the time and we always think about misinformation as being something you're reading that's has alternative facts or isn't true or is specifically propaganda but what if the data that informed your phone was being manipulated would you know right not the words you're reading, the data right. that makes your phone work being manipulated. Would you know? And if so, what would you do about it? I'm not offering up a bunch of answers. You know, I'm not telling everybody to build bunkers under their houses or you know, worry about being food insecure. But it is kind of an interesting intellectual exercise and, and maybe worthy of a plan. You know, we call it business continuity and resiliency when we do this with our clients. And everybody tends to need some business continuity plan if they're under attack. And that attack could be something as simple as, remember when, just to lighten this up a little bit, when that guy's guitar got broken by United Airlines and he wrote the song, United Breaks Guitars. Yeah. And it became viral on YouTube and all of a sudden, and, and United Airlines shares went down like for tens of millions of dollars. The guitar was like a thousand bucks. It was a Taylor guitar for a thousand bucks. You, you know, they could have solved the problem if they just paid attention to customer service millions of dollars of, sh of shareholder value evaporated and this guy got famous overnight and he got a couple free guitars yeah that's you know that's one way what's the other way what's the other way and and what should you do about it so i feel like i feel like now is a great opportunity for all of us to just take a moment and think about how in this world where data is so critical to how we live our lives when our connectivity, our technology is so critical. What, what would you have done, Seth? What would you have done differently? What do you think you would have had personally available to you had you planned? Well, when, when it happened, um, it never dawned on me that I, I thought what I would do was I would just upgrade my phone, get a new phone, uh, restore it from a backup, and just be on my way. Like the whole mm -hmm. thing would just be a minor inconvenience. Right. When I found out that they couldn't sell me the phone, it was either get my current phone, my 11, you know, get it fixed or go to another store. Right. I didn't, first of all, I had to remember my kid's cell phone number because again, you know how I, what I type, I type in my daughter's name yes, and sir. I have it. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know her number? Like I, 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 it's crazy to me. And I asked two people at the Verizon store, "Do you know the number for a cab company?" I'm in Florida. You know what I mean? They've got taxis. the yellow pages somewhere. <laughs> but, like, but that's what I did. I was, I was like, uh, and then I started playing with the demo phones to see if I could try to get online to find a cab company. Yeah. And and then I finally got online. And my mother-in-law, she was at a doctor's appointment and she just says to me, I'm going to try to send you an Uber. I've heard of that. Be, people do that for kids all the time. 
but because I couldn't click something on my phone, she couldn't send an Uber to me. Right. It, it's it was it was crazy. It is all first world problems. It, no, so no, this, but but so but, again. Wow, we are really dependent on these things. So and again. I literally was like, if I wanted to disappear from the world, this was my chance. Yeah, that's true. Look again, business continuity and resiliency. Some of it is about is about tech. Some of it is about being socially attacked. Some of it is about how do you survive? You know the various the various digital assaults on us. So the United Breaks Guitar example, they're being socially shot at by, you know, by someone on Twitter. Uh, your example, you're being shut down by a technological breakdown. In the Ukraine, you've got people using uh, data in a military way. So Google decides they're going to take uh, matters into their own hands and they're going to shut down a data faucet that's not only used for the way it's they're trying to um, solve for, but right. thousands of other ways that the ripple effects won't be known for weeks or months. Oh. So we are in a data dependent world. We're in a technology dependent world. I think it's incumbent upon all of us to have some plan, whatever that might be, to, to not have that tool set available on a regular basis. Uh, a lot of people, when you bring this up, their eyes glaze over, but I will remind you of my favorite saying, security is a lot like oxygen. You don't think about it till you don't have any. <laughs> oh man it, the reliance the reliance we have is something to behold but you know what the worst part of the whole thing is i couldn't download last week's episode of text <laughs> yes that would be very problematic because it was good it's a very good episode <laughs> and ne next week will be even better thanks for listening folks we'll see you next week